Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile. So welcome to another episode of My Property World. We've previously had Mary Cullen on uh, as a uh, profile where we talked about her property world, some fascinating stories regarding uh, international uh, property deals in Montenegro, uh, her early years in Ireland, growing up as a child and uh, operating um, in, the, uh, in the southeast of England. Uh, so you're very welcome again, Mary. Great to have you on. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for inviting me back. So, Mary, we're going to uh, delve into a deal that uh, we, we covered in about a sentence uh, in the last one. But um, uh, after we finished, uh, that we uh, the, the recording had finished, uh, we started talking about it. And I think this is a fascinating one, a nursing home conversion. So where is the project? Uh, what's the rough, uh, the rough headline numbers? And, and, and we'll, we'll start talking some details. Okay, um, the project um, is in Lancashire. Um, it's in a town called Colm. Uh, you probably know areas like Burnley and that, that's all in that kind of area. Mm -hmm. um, it's quite a nice town. Uh, I do quite a few things there. So it's a good, it's a good place, definitely. Um, so yeah, this was a former nursing home. It's one of those nice double-fronted sand, sandstone type buildings, period building. Um, and basically the plan was actually to turn it into a large HMO, uh, but we weren't allowed to do that in planning. They wanted it to be turned into apartments. Mm -hmm. And um, we went ahead and, and converted it into six apartments. So currently it's, it's you know, it's cash flowing, it's six apartments, uh, three one beds and three two bed apartments. Okay, and how did you find the deal? Uh, we found it at auction, basically. Um, it didn't sell at auction, and then we bought it post auction uh, for seventy-five thousand. Seventy-five thousand for a, yeah. um, a, a not bad. And, and so there was actually walls and a roof on this thing. Wasn't yeah, it? there was. Yes, there was walls and a roof. Yeah. Um, because we were going to turn it into a HMO, we'd initial uh, costings, but actually, because that wasn't allowed. Mm -hmm. uh, we went ahead. The renovation did actually cost one hundred seventy-five thousand, mm -hmm. um, because of building regs and all sorts of reasons, um, and because we had mm -hmm. to split all the services and stuff. It did cost quite a lot more than we had planned, mm -hmm. um, and basically all in, we spent two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's fees and everything, um, and it had an end an end value of of three hundred and ten, uh, basically. Um, so yeah, so. But it's gone up since then, even so now it's it's roughly four hundred k, properties worth. 
Right, right. So, uh, how did you uh, how did you fund the initial purchase? How did you uh, take it through each of the, the stages? What was the uh, yeah, because, um, because you're you know there are different things to do a single HMO versus uh, a series of apartments. Yeah, uh, we had basically a couple of investors as well as some of our own cash mm -hmm. um, to purchase the building. Uh, we also had to uh, we had some money to start the renovation, and we also raised some some finance, um, like bridging finance, uh, to finish the renovation because we had to to you know raise some extra extra money. Mm -hmm. um, so so yeah, I mean, in terms of the planning and that, that all took around. And just um, re rewinding a step, yeah. so you uh, bought post auction. Was it on an auction contract? Um. Well, actually, it had gone into auction twice and hadn't and hadn't sold. Been passed through um, each time. Sorry. It, it had been passed through, uh, like like no no sale. Yeah, that's correct. Same possibly, agency or? Um. Yeah, it was with the same agency. Um. Possibly hadn't sold because of this issue around the the planning and what what would be done with it. And to be honest, if we'd known initially we we couldn't make a HMO, we probably wouldn't have purchased it. Although now in hindsight very glad that we have purchased and have developed it in this way yeah so um so yeah so i mean all in it took around six months mm -hmm. um to to get it um through the planning process mm -hmm. and then the actual renovation took around nine months right and yeah. and people people talk about the good results often um but there's a uh there's always an unknown when you're going into uh, a deal where you're trying to create something that's not quite there. There, so planning being an example, didn't yeah. get the HMO planning. Um, yeah. uh, what was the time period, uh, roughly, from uh, when you started investigating it till actual uh, you had the keys and you're underway? Um. Well, the time from when we got the keys to when we could actually start the work was about seven months mm -hmm. so longer than we wanted really mm -hmm. um so we'd made some initial investigations obviously like anything until you've bought it and you own it they won't really give you a, a straight answer on it um mm -hmm. i would say the, the biggest hurdle the biggest problem we had was was building rags and the extent at which they made us do the soundproofing mm -hmm. um that cost um it really cost us an extra 50k to be honest, to get it properly soundproofed as a six-bed apartment, and to really uh, and these are uh, for people unfamiliar that this is uh, basically the bricking up the walls in between and 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 putting soundproofing measures in place in between and yes um, yes because yeah you can imagine it's like it's like an historical type building so you got to put in false floors ceiling you know all that kind of stuff maybe covering up some of the original features which again mm -hmm. i didn't like but we had no way around that mm -hmm. um so yeah and then obviously um the gas and electric and creating the separate meters and i think it cost mm -hmm. like seven seven thousand pounds for the um for the gas board to to dig like 550 yards or something you know crazy prices for certain things um mm -hmm. so yeah so that was the challenge and, and so you had a couple of investors put the uh, initial funds in uh you, you you got some bridging finance who, who else was involved in the project did you have a main contractor uh, was there a 
yeah. what, what sort of consultants were involved and how, how did you project manage all of that? Yeah, well, normally I will project manage because I've obviously got experience in doing that. So um, to save money, we had to basically subcontract it out. Mm-hmm. And then I managed each of the trades, basically, mm-hmm. and would travel up once a week to be on site. Um, mm-hmm. I also had a foreman, basically someone working there as well, um, you know, sending photographs, that type of stuff. So, I mean, there's two ways to do it. You can either um, split down the trades, manage it yourself. You need experience in that, though. You've got to, you know, to be honest. And it or, is um, good experience to do that at some stage. Yeah, I mean, I love being on site, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I really like being on site. I work very well on site. I've never had any issues. Um, and But obviously, to come in and get a full fixed price on something is an easier way to go if you're a distant investor mm-hmm. or what have you. I would also say you need another person who's not working for the builder who um, is representing you. So, I mean, I'm good on this because this is my background um, and that's where mistakes are made really is kind of putting in a, a main contractor heading off site. And that, that coordination of the, the sub trades uh, yeah. when you're, you've got uh, like added complexity with, with, you know, new walls effectively going in and making sure the services can get. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, you've got to be really, yeah. yeah. You've got to have you've the pipes in the right places and things like that. And, um, yeah, do you know and, what? And the, the, the yeah. basic plans tend to be a little yeah. bit different to what you... It's all down to the, uh, the best sites. Is, it's all down to communication. It's all down to the relationship you build with the trades people that are working and, mm-hmm. and respecting them, to be honest. That's how I get such great results all the time. So it's being able to they've got to be flexible and they're only going to be flexible if they like you and they want to do a good job for you mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. So I have totally... So respect- you, you had, had like a seven-month um, planning application and negotiation and yeah. uh, period. You you got the uh, all clear to, to get going. Uh, mm-hmm. You got some bridging finance in place at some point and, and you started yeah. uh, started the, the design and the works and... Mm. Um, were you using an external architect or, or an engineer? How, how did you coordinate that that side of it? Yeah, we had a structural engineer who came in to do certain parts. We had an architect, uh, but normally I'll do all the floor plans myself type of thing and then pass them back to the architects. Obviously, that all had to go through the planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, once we had them back and everything approved um, and released all of the conditions, that type of thing, we weren't changing any of the exterior of the building. That really helped. Uh, we're also, these kind of areas are very open to um, developers coming in and developing sites like this that will normally just be empty for years and nobody's going to do it. So mm-hmm. you can work quite well with the council. I'd encourage people to look at these types of areas as great mm-hmm. investments going into these places now. And, you know, I'm down in Brighton, that's where my main place is, but you, you're, it's an absolute nightmare trying to get anything mm-hmm. through down here in planning. You go to certain areas in the UK and they're like, yes, great. Yeah, and they'll work what with What would you. you like to do? Yeah, what can <laughs> you do? Fantastic. So, and obviously I have, we have converted this into six apartments. We are offering great accommodation out to local people. I've got three generations in these apartments. I've got their mother, their daughter, and this couple. They're all got separate apartments. So I've got three generations. So we are offering something good. And we've taken an an old kind of building that 
nobody's going to put that kind of money into it and it's cash flowing very well and giving us a 14 and a half percent gross yield so yeah it's you know this is the type of projects i like to do i do mm -hmm. say to people people like want portfolios they want units type things think of these types of commercial conversions where you end up with six to ten apartments that's a fantastic legacy property see what i mean it, it's very easy to manage there's very little maintenance and, and I really and like so you, you've got an interesting strategy where you've got three um, effectively buy to let uh, apartments and you've got three serviced accommodations all under the one roof. Yes. Now, now, how do you how do you think about this in terms of uh, is the mortgage paid by the buy to lets and you're uh, you're taking margin off that? Like, like what what what's the, the rough ratios of how uh, you think about yeah. that? Uh, well, basically, so the way in which the building is, the bottom three apartments are the serviced accommodation units with the entrance from the main door in, yeah? Mm -hmm. And then upstairs is where I've got the other um, three apartments. So I keep mm -hmm. I keep the residents quite separate from the short-term let people, if you see what mm -hmm. I mean, because sometimes mm -hmm. that can be an issue in the same building. Mm -hmm. um, and also I'm letting out to, to short-term letters to people who are coming to work in the area, mm -hmm. So they're not causing trouble. There's no problem, and there's there's parking mm -hmm. at the back. Um, so basically, the the apartments are, are let at between four fifty to five hundred pounds to mm -hmm. long term tenants on ASTs, mm -hmm. and um, the short term let apartments will bring in approximately fifteen hundred pounds they cash flow mm -hmm. um, per per month. But service accommodation is a twelve month business. This is why I mm -hmm. keep saying to people. So there'll be certain months where it'll make a lot more than that. And there'll be certain months where it might just be breaking even, mm -hmm. but all in basically, um, you know, overall, um, I should, I should come out and cash, you know, around three, three to 5,000 pounds a month, to be honest, um, is, is the kind of revenue that's coming out of that one. So for mm -hmm. one building, that's mm -hmm. pretty, that's pretty good. And we've and, got one. And, and you got off the bridging finance. Okay. Yeah, fine. Yeah. I mean, uh, we got to refinance quite quickly. Whenever I do the refinancing, I produce the refinancing pack. Mm -hmm. um, I've got to find the, it was quite difficult to find comparables in the area because mm -hmm. not many people had done what I, we'd done. Mm -hmm. So I had to find comparables that were quite a way away as in apartments. Mm -hmm. um, but um, actually, I always put together quite a comprehensive pack and do the work for the valuer. Mm -hmm. Always be there to meet them. Um, I've never not got a positive valuation, and that's also because I will stage the prop. I will stage the apartments. Mm -hmm. They've got something interesting mm -hmm. to look at. I don't know if anyone knows this. I also have a staging, but it can it can add twenty percent value on valuations. So mm -hmm. I don't know why more people aren't staging their properties. Mm -hmm. um, and so you don't need to stage all of them, one or something. And mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so yeah actually getting it remortgaged and that wasn't wasn't an issue because it's a good quality product mm -hmm. and people are falling short on valuation sometimes because it's not stacking up it's not a good quality product um but this is um and each each apartment looks really good we put in nice features and that type of thing we're offering nice accommodation they come along and they see that and i've given all of that in the pack all the pre-photos during work photos, after photos, rentals, rental valuations, valuations for sales, all of that. Do all of that work. This is important. And, and as if, 
if someone wanted to get a few more details, uh, maybe a case study or, or have a look at the portfolio pictures uh, for this Absolutely. project, uh, yeah. where would they find those or how could they get hold of you again? Okay, well, obviously I'm Mary Cullen, so you can just DM me through Facebook, um, LinkedIn, um, Mary at Gold, M-A-R-Y, Mary at Gold Prime Property is my website. Um, I'm happy. I also I do everything from 50k all the way up. You know, I do lots of. There's always lots of deals. There's always, always lots of projects that I'm working on. I'm always look, looking to work with people. So so yeah, I've got quite a few examples. Um, and the yields, the gross yields are are really good. And I we try and cash flow back out as much money as possible, really. So it's got an endless return on investment. Which that's not bad, is it? We all need endless returns on investments, don't we? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, um, Mary Cullen, uh, absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, so, so Mary's a, an award-winning uh, international property developer um, and is based in the UK now, having grown up in Ireland. Um, she's also a, a mentor. If you're, you're someone who's uh, looking for a bit of help in your property investment journey. So get in touch. Uh, thanks again, Mary. Great Thank to have you, you back so on. much. It's been great. Thank you, Will. Welcome to My Property World, a light and informative look at all things property. We have designed this series for people involved in property and property finance in the UK market. However, we do take examples from all around the property world. Our aim is for us to make money from property together. Whether that be buying, selling, financing, trading or getting involved in a deal in another way. We do this by informing, entertaining and enjoying ourselves talking property, which gives you a chance to get to know us, what we're up to and to check us out until you're ready to make money together. In the meantime, My Property World is free and fun, so plug in your headphones and enjoy. We would love for you to like, share and comment, so please do on social media. And if you have questions, ideas for topics or deals you would like to explore, we're always looking for guests, so get in touch via the My Property World profile.